Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. All right, it's 20 September. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And we have a couple of visitors here. We got some people that are visiting that I've already announced because they're here for a month. And then Raphael has been here before as well. But we have some people that have never been here. It's Don and Pam Meisler. And they came down from, it's Fort Bragg, right? That area. What's the name of the town? Fayetteville. Fayetteville. Thank you. I knew that and I couldn't remember. The double S, Fort Bragg, Fayetteville. Uh, They're down here. They came down the East Coast and went to Fort Lauderdale. And then they came over here for a couple days and... I do the same thing I try to do with everybody. If somebody comes to visit Sarasota, I always try to take them to Spanish Point. That's my favorite place to go, and uh, uh, I know that I've taken several of the people that have moved here, uh, I've taken them or that are visiting down to Spanish Point, and I think everybody likes the place. It's just a really nice place, but this time we went there, and we got to Spanish Point, we went to the booth and got our tickets, and then we started walking. It's about a two-hour walk, and... It started to dump on us, just dump on us within about 15 minutes, maybe not even that, maybe 10 minutes. And uh, we finally got up to this ancient Florida house that had some eaves on it. We stood under there for another 30 some minutes and waited for the uh, golf cart with a roof on it to come and pick us up and we left. And so that was their experience in Florida. But we did have some fun after that. We went out to lunch and did some other things. And so it was a good time. But Thank you for making the effort. It's so good to have you here. And I apologize about the weather. I I tried my best to plug this guy with my thumb and it didn't work. So there you go. All right. I have an email that I got from Beth Colvin this week. And I'm sure you guys got it too. National Voter Registration. If you are on Beth's uh, email list, you got it. And it reminded me to, I'm sure everybody in this church is registered to vote. And everybody in this church is going to vote. I, I would assume that. But I don't know of the people that are listening online, and uh, uh, especially with the events that happened a day ago where RBG came up to room temperature, we need to make absolutely sure that we vote, okay? The most important thing that we can do uh, as far as being citizens of this country is to ensure that the left does not take it over, okay? If you're not registered to vote, send me an email, and I'll get you the link to the National Voter Registration. Okay, you can get registered and you can actually do your civic duty, your responsibility as a citizen of this nation. No, it does not conflict with your responsibility to Christ in any way, shape or form. In fact, you are negligent in your duty to Christ if you allow your vote to go to the left. Okay, I'm firm on that. Vote right and vote Donald Trump and vote for Republicans all the way down. I would not give one vote to any Democrat, even I had a neighbor that for years lived next to me, very nice lady. She's a tax collector of Sarasota. I'm sorry, she's a registered Democrat. She cannot have my vote. Okay. I'm that adamant about it. Their stand is abortion. Their stand is death on demand, and they're bringing all of the other issues of perversion in as well, and we need to stop that. So do your civic duty. Vote. Um, Next week... For those on the Prophecy Update, I will not be here on Sunday. We're going to have a gentleman that's going to do a Prophecy Update. He's also going to do the sermon. He's a very well-trained theologian. 
one of the smartest guys I know. He uh, is schooled in biblical Hebrew and Greek, and he said he wanted to do the Prophecy Update. So whatever he's going to do, I bet it'll be uh, fun. You may not be able to get it. I don't know if Sergio is going to be able to divide it and make it into um, individual, you know, a Prophecy Update and a sermon. If he can do that, he will. If not, then you will have to click on the live stream from the Superior Word to watch it. I don't know what's going to happen because I won't be here on Sunday. But uh, please look for that prophecy update. Even if it doesn't come up as a prophecy update, be sure to look for the live stream, and he will open that, and he will do something, and I'll bet you it'll be interesting. His name is Will Groban, and uh, he's he's just a real great theologian. So there you go with that. And, oh, one more thing concerning next Sunday. Uh, this involves the entire week of something that I have to do. I would appreciate it, and every time I say this, nobody pays attention, but I would appreciate it if nobody would send me emails this week. None. I, I No emails. And if I get them, I'm just going to delete them. So I, I just would appreciate that, that I'm going to have an email that I'm not going to be able to access. And I know it's going to get up and I'm just going to go through and I'm just going to get it right back down to zero email. So there you go with that. I appreciate it. Our first category, as always, is Israel. And from the Times of Israel, Kushner says Saudi Arabia, Bahrain to allow all Israel flights to use their airspace. Now, this is important. Saudi Arabia was going to let them use their airspace for certain things, and now they have said we are going to allow them to use their airspace for everything. And Bahrain has as well. Bahrain has made this peace treaty with uh, Israel. This is important because if you look on the map, you're going to see that Saudi Arabia is down here and Bahrain is a little north. What is right from Israel over Bahrain? Anybody, if you fly in that direction? What's that? Yeah, Turkey. Well, Turkey is up there. Yeah. I'm talking about if you go over Bahrain and across the Straits, Iran. you're going to come to Iran. Okay? It cuts down their time considerably in, in being able to attack Iran. This is really an important thing, and I guarantee you that they have allowed military flights as well. They're not going to say you only have civilian flights. I, You know, I say I guarantee, and I don't know that, but... As I said a week or two ago, they could just change the transponder to uh, civilian frequencies, fly over the country and say, oh, yeah, you know, we bombed Iran and we were the ones that cheated and Bahrain had nothing to do with it. And Iran could do nothing about it then. But this is an important thing that has happened. Saudi Arabia and Bahrain will allow all flights to and from Israel to use their airspace in a significant change of policy. The two Gulf countries agreed last week to open their skies to Israeli flights to the UAE following the announcement of the normalization deal between Jerusalem and Abu Dhabi. However, Kushner told reporters in a briefing ahead of a planned White House signing of the deal which happened just a couple days ago, that this would now include any and all Israel flights to and from the east. They agreed to open their airspace, not to just flights from Israel to the UAE and back, but to all eastward travel. That means India as well. It'll save them all kinds of time going to India. And, you know, the, the tourists will, instead of having a seven to 10 hour flight, it'll be a three to two to three hour flight. But they agreed to open their airspace, not just to flights from Israel, to the UAE and back, but to all eastward travel. So when people make requests, they'll grant those requests. That will save people a lot of time. That knocks down a barrier that's been up for 72 years, allowing the use of Saudi and Bahraini airspace makes direct flights between Tel Aviv and the Emirates viable by cutting flying time from some seven hours to only three and a half hours uh, from all Israel. Israel sees trade with UAE at $4 billion a year. They're estimating that. Now, 
I saw another article, which it's like, you know, Israel seems to be in, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot mode right now, and they've locked down the country again. And I think I read, don't quote me on this, but I think I read that they estimate that this lockdown is going to cost them $6.1 billion. So at least they'll be able to recoup a part of that with this trade deal in the next year if they actually stop locking the country down and start believing the people that know what's going on with this particular virus. But I don't understand the, the desire of people to want to close down an entire country over something that is not harming that many people. Mm -hmm. The people that will be harmed, the older people, the people with all kinds of uh, health-related problems, just stay home. Do what you would do in any other type of, uh, I don't want to say a pandemic, but any other type of uh, situation where you're at risk, just stay home. But from Israel Hayom, can we help you, ma'am? <laughs> Oh, that's my mom. I'm sorry, I couldn't see the light was behind you, and all I saw was a beautiful figure. Yes. From Israel Hayom, major trilateral agreement could link Israel to EU power grid by 2024. Now imagine that. They could be hooked into EU, and that's going to further supplement Israel's ability to power its nation. This is pretty great. Even if they don't use it, they would have it as a backup. Israel will sign an agreement with Greece and Cyprus by the end of the year to lay a submarine cable that would connect it to the European power grid. The project is expected to take about four years to complete. The cable will run from Israel to mainland Greece through Cyprus, a distance covering more than 1,000 miles at a depth of almost two miles. Once completed, it will initially be able to supply 1,000 megawatts, but the output is expected to double eventually. This means that it could potentially provide Israel with 20 to 40% of Israel's domestic power consumption every month. That's a good backup, or it could be, you know, used all the time. I don't know what their plans are, but uh, it's always good to have options with power, and uh, they're getting them. From the Jerusalem Post, UAE Crown Prince instructs Abu Dhabi hotels to offer, anybody read this article? Offer kosher food plans for Passover 2021. That's in just, you know what, six months from now, in response to a request from the leadership of the UAE, Orthodox Union Kosher, the world's largest kosher certification agency, will now be the leading kosher certification agency within the UAE and will do so in partnership with the local Jewish community. The OU Kosher will oversee all kosher food in hotels throughout Abu Dhabi, as well as events such as Expo 2020, which has been postponed to October 2021 through March 2022. So it's just interesting that they're just going lock, stock, and barrel with Israel on these things. From the Times of Israel, coming soon to Israel, medical tourism from the UAE as part of a new hospital deal. Now, I lived in Malaysia for three years, and they had stuff like this as well. Malaysia and Singapore actually have very advanced dental. You wouldn't expect it down there. They did. Even this was back in the 90s. I was there from 90 to 93. Great. Uh, most of the dentists were trained in America. They had all of the standard equipment that you would have in a medical facility here in the U.S. Very clean and hygienic, especially Singapore. But people would fly from the Europe. They would fly down to Singapore, and they would have the entire family's mouse checked and any dental work that needed to be done and it would cost less staying in a five-star hotel and having a two-week-long vacation than it would having their dental done up in Europe and so they had dental vacations and they did this all the time it was a great source of revenue I went in one time with in Malaysia with my wife my two children our maid who had never been to the dentist in her life 
and she had more dental work done than any person I had ever seen. It was, they replaced teeth and filled this and that. The entire bill, including me with all of them, was $300. It was astonishing how much work this lady did. And so now they're having this type of thing with Israel. Israel's biggest hospital expects to see an influx of medical tourists from the UAE. Following a deal with the large Emirati Investment Fund, seizing on opportunities opened by the new Israel-UAE Normalization Agreement, Sheba Medical Center has just signed a Memorandum of Understanding with Abu Dhabi-based Apex National Investment. The agreement with Apex is provisions for the establishment of significant medical tourism from the UAE to this hospital, which is expected to begin in earnest when the travel restrictions enacted for the pandemic are relaxed. There's limited knowledge and lots of complicated cases that are sent outside the UAE. So now they have a new solution that is closer than Europe and cheaper than the United States. So instead of flying somebody with a major complex problem to the U.S. or to Europe, they can now send them right over just a short plane ride away. From Wynet, Egyptian president welcomes Israel-Bahrain agreement. Once again, I'd like to remind everybody that there's all these articles, and I keep seeing them again and again. This is the Antichrist, and this is, you know, all that kind of crazy stuff. This has nothing to do with that. Egypt is not in the Gog-Magog battle coming against Israel in Ezekiel 38, okay? And neither are these other countries, and this had to happen somehow, okay? This is the greatest thing that has happened for Israel in a long time, and there are confused Christians out there that are reading sites that do not know what they're talking about, okay? This has nothing to do with the Antichrist or with any of that. Now, obviously, everything is leading towards that. I want you to understand, we're leading into the end times, and there will be a peace agreement with Israel that will establish a temple, and they'll go back to temple worship, exactly what the Lord does not want. He wants Israel to come to his son and be saved by the Messiah that he sent for them. But, all of these things are working towards that, but in the interim, there will be a giant battle called Gog Magog, and this is something that is specifically, explicitly stated in Scripture as being of benefit to Israel. So, Al Sisi understands this. They made an agreement years ago with Israel. There are only one other nation that's made such an agreement before this. Who was it? You got Egypt and Jordan. Thank you. Somebody, who said that? Who said Jordan? Hey, good job. Yes, Jordan. And uh, we have people visiting from out of town, and they've enlightened the uh, congregation to the fact that it's Jordan. So those two nations, and now we have two more. Trump has doubled that in just a short amount of time, and it's amazing. Now I'm seeing articles from the left that are saying, what a great thing has happened in Israel, because they can't deny it any longer, and yet they don't even mention the name Donald Trump in the process. So uh, they are have been against it, they've been against it, now they can no longer be against it, so they have to be for it, but they are not giving any credit at all to the man who has done this. All right, from the Times of Israel, UAE-Israel deal to be phased to block Israel from applying sovereignty before 2024. No problem there. They want to get these things out of the way, and then they can annex all they want. There's nothing that says they cannot annex. Nothing was traded away or bartered away as far as the land of Israel. A separate report by the Times of Israel this week cited three officials with direct knowledge of the negotiations between Israel and the UAE who said that the Trump admin promised the UAE that they would not recognize any move by Israel to apply sovereignty in Judea and Samaria prior to 2024. 
President Trump's last year in office if he is elected this November, which we pray will happen. I hope everybody here is willing to say we want Donald Trump. Even if you don't like the guy, you will at least be willing to vote for him because the only other option is giving your allegiance to the Antichrist, as far as I'm concerned. And why do I say that? Most people don't even know what the Antichrist involves. I might talk about it a little bit later and uh, think about what what is the Antichrist? What is it? We'll talk about it from uh, Christian News today. Oh, one thing about uh, Christian News comes to mind. We have, and a lot of you people, I'm talking about people around the world, some people in the church and others, um, Isaac in Uganda. You've helped him out. You've uh, been supportive of him. This guy does as much for the people of his community as anybody I've ever known. Uh, About a year and a half or two years ago, a guy, Dave, who lives in Louisiana, uh, said, I can't believe the, the volume of work that this man does. I can't believe how many people he helps and how many ministries he has got going. He said, I want to do a 501c3 so that we can make it easier for people to give to Isaac. Okay. Uh, there were three board members, I think, as a 501c3. You need to have a certain number of board members, etc. You don't really do anything. Dave does all of the legwork. One of the board members needs to step down. Okay, and they need a board member. So if you are somebody that loves what Isaac has been doing, and I mean anybody, send me an email and I will put you in touch with Dave Bradley. I would do it personally, but I do not have the time. If, if it means reading one report a year, I don't have time for that. Uh, I work seven days a week, and it's just a very difficult thing for me to commit to something I may not be able to do. But if, it, if the Lord puts that on your heart, I would like to be a part of this, this man that is doing these things for these people. Let me know, and I will set you up with Dave, and it'll be something that won't consume any of your time, but you'll be able to see the wonder of what Isaac does over in Uganda. All right. Um, from the Christian headlines, 62% of Americans say Jesus is returning to judge everyone. 62% of Americans, not Christians, Americans, okay? Two-thirds of Americans say they believe the Bible's account about Jesus' bodily resurrection, although most also deny Scripture's teaching that he was God. Now, let me get something straight. When somebody says he was God, you can toss that out unless you're talking about his ministry at the time. Jesus is God. He is alive and he is God. So we don't want to use past tense unless it's necessary for the context. Okay, but um, although most also deny scripture's teaching that he is God, I paraphrase that. The State of Theology survey shows that 66% of U.S. adults say they believe the biblical accounts of the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus are completely accurate. Now, this is Americans that may or may not be Christians believe this, okay, and that the event actually occurred. Another 62% believe Jesus will return in the future to judge all the people who have lived. So we got people that have an understanding of what's going on, but then it starts to break down a little bit as we go. Uh, He's going to come and judge all people. 62% of Americans believe that. Uh, 65% believe God is a perfect being and cannot make a mistake. Now, that really surprises me. People have thought that through just... They know it, but they've actually taken the time to understand that God is perfect and he is infallible. He cannot make a mistake. And 72% affirm, get this, the biblical doctrine of the Trinity, that there is one true God in three persons, which is what the Bible teaches. That's The Bible teaches that. If you don't believe in the Trinity, I'm sorry, I can't help you. 
if you've never obviously read your Bible, okay, because it's clear and it's explicit. Jehovah's Witnesses beat that out of you. They make things up in Scripture that aren't there, but it is right there in Scripture, okay? One God and three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If you're unsure about that, I did 10 doctrine sermons not too long ago. I can send you the link, and you can understand that where in Scripture it says it. And just because something is not explicitly stated in Scripture does not mean that it's not implicitly taught. The rapture is never really explicitly stated. You know, there's going to be a rapture and you're going to be taken out at this point in time. It's a, but you can implicitly take all of the verses together and say you can form a sound doctrine on that. There will be a gathering of the people taken out, meaning the redeemed of all ages, the dead in Christ and the living in Christ will suddenly disappear. That is going to happen. And guess what? The Bible teaches that it will happen before the tribulation period. I, I know other people disagree with that, but they can be as wrong as they want to be. That is what the Bible teaches. Once again, I've got a video on that and I can send you the link. Okay. But while Americans affirm several major teachings of historic Christianity, they also deny some of its core doctrines. Here's where the breakdown comes from. For example, 55% say they believe Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. Okay, now that's Jehovah's Witnesses doctrine. There's a couple other prophecy teachers that you probably watch or you have watched that actually teach that Jesus was created in Mary's womb. That's a heresy known as Valentianism. But we've got all these people that are teaching crazy doctrines which are not supported by Scripture. And it is impossible for Jesus not to be God if he came out of the ground. I'll tell you that, and then you can go figure that out by watching the doctrine sermons I sent you. But he is God, and it is. there's no point more obvious in Scripture than that. And uh, so it says that 55% say they believe Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. And 52% believe Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. Okay, that's a real problem there. Both statements conflict with the Bible's affirmation of Christ's deity and eternality. Okay, now I said you're going to hear about the Antichrist when I was talking in the Israel section. Can anybody here define to me the doctrine of the Antichrist? What is the doctrine of the Antichrist? It's ex Jesus is not God. That's exactly right. It's not what all these people say on these goofy prophecy update sites. The doctrine of Antichrist is not affirming that Jesus is God. That's what it is. That is explicit. It's only found in two books of the Bible. Anybody tell me what two books? I'll give you a Maserati if you can tell me what two books of the Bible that is in. I'll give you a hint. That's one of them. There's one more. Look, look up here. I'll let you guess. One John and... Oh, good job. One John and two John. Very good. She got it. Okay, here we go. 1 John 2.18 says that the Antichrist is coming and that many Antichrists have come. He says, who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son, meaning that the Son is God. Okay, and that'll be more explicit in a minute. 1 John 2.22, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, meaning that God is came in the flesh. Okay, that is the spirit of Antichrist. 
There's no other definition of antichrist in the Bible. Whatever you're reading on these sites that talk about all these antichrist things, it is a person that fundamentally denies the deity of Jesus Christ. Okay, and then we have another one right here. And this is the spirit of antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. So it was happening 2,000 years ago, 1 John 4, 3. And then we go to this one. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. 2 John 1, 7. If you want to know an evaluation of those verses, I've got them right on the Superior Word website in my line-by-line commentary of 1 and 2 John. Go read them. Anything else that people put forward as antichrist and, you know, all that kind of stuff they're talking about in the end times, you can throw out. That is the doctrine of antichrist. That's it. Now, we do have things about the man of perdition, etc., that will be coming, but his main doctrine is that Christ is not God. The peace treaty with Israel, you can infer then, means that they are acknowledging that Israel doesn't have to come to Christ, who's the Messiah, because he's not God. Everybody see that? That's how that fits in. You don't need to go any further than that. All right, we'll go back to the survey now. Additionally, 64% of Americans say they believe God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. So here we have people saying that they believe in the Trinity, they believe that Jesus is God, they believe in all of these things, and then they turn around and they say that God is fickle. Jesus has said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. And then they say that there are other ways to come to God. So you can see the fickleness of the people, even in this simple little survey. It goes on and it says, um, God accepts the worship of all religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. 65% believe most people are good by nature. I'd like to tell you something. If you believe that, you have never raised your own children, okay? (laughs) Inherited sin means that you do not have to teach your children to do wrong. They already know to do wrong. You have to teach them to do right. Inherited sin means that we are born separate from God, apart from God, and eternally so. We have to have a new birth through Jesus Christ in order to be right with God. And even then, we're not really good people. That's coming soon to a rapture near you when we will be glorified and all this baggage that we have will be taken away. But 48% believe the Bible is 100% accurate in all it teaches. So you got 48%, but you've got all these higher percents of people that say, well, we don't believe this and we don't believe that. And that's a real problem because we've got 8,562 different denominations in America, probably more than that. And then we have all of these different interpretations. When God isn't fickle, we just don't read his word. We don't study it. And so once again, and I just this past week had somebody email me. She was here a week ago and she said, I want you to know, I'm so thankful that you said time and time and time again to please watch the sermons and stop watching a lot of prophecy updates because she said, I'm in the middle of your Genesis series and I am absolutely enthralled with it. I'm so thankful that she told me that. And we've got somebody sitting in this church right now that I have said that about, and he started doing it, and he's here because of that. Isn't that true? If you, I'm kind of looking through the side of my eyes and not looking at anybody in particular, but you can shake your head and acknowledge that. There you go. Um, but yes, please get into the Bible. Watch these sermons. We've got all kinds of interesting sermons as well. We've got the book of Jonah. We've got the book of Esther. We've got the book of Ruth. I mean, short little 
books that have so much theological information in them that you'll go back and study them for the rest of your life and not get everything out of them. But you're going to get your doctrine out of the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and now uh, Numbers, and now Deuteronomy sermons. You will you will be blessed. Please do that. And don't watch so many prophecy updates. Just watch the superior word, pick one more, and then watch the sermons. That's my plea to you. All right. 56% believe Hell is a real place where certain people will be punished forever. Okay, yeah. So they believe that, but they most people don't act like that. And we need to understand. I posted on Facebook yesterday, speaking about somebody that just died a day ago. I said, it doesn't matter how good or bad a person is. I'm paraphrasing this. And I said, a person that died recently, no matter what you think about her, was vile. She Amen. was vile. She promoted murder and abortion, et cetera. And I said, when I see somebody famous like this die, and I see all these people posting how sad it is that this person died and she's going to be missed, I say, the first thought that goes through my head every time, every time is the words, hell is forever. That always goes through my mind first. She had her chance and it's over. She never called on Jesus Christ and hell is forever. Please get to know if you are truly saved or not. You may be sitting here watching a prophecy update right now, and you might think you're saved, and you might have been misled in a false gospel, which Paul condemns in Galatians chapter 1. Please know the simplicity of the gospel. Christ died for your sins, meaning you're a sinner. Christ was buried, meaning he was really dead. He's really in the grave, and Christ rose again, proving that he had no sin of his own, and he is God. And if you call on the name of the Lord, meaning the Lord I just described to you, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the gospel. There is no other gospel. There's no, I have to support Israel or I'm not a good Christian. There's no, I have to read the King James Version or I'm not saved. None of those things apply. Christ is the gospel, nothing else, okay? Please get that right. And then after that, pursue him with all of your heart for the rest of your life. All right, next article, Christian Post. One in five evangelicals reject oh there's one more thing about this point i didn't read the last point and it's probably as important as all of them okay 61 percent disagree with the statement the holy spirit can tell me to do something which is forbidden in the bible the holy spirit has given us the bible he wrote the bible god is not fickle he will never do anything contrary to the word of god which he has given and i'll give you an example so you can think this through speaking in tongues if you're in a church that speaks in tongues the holy spirit has already defined what speaking in tongues means it means a real language tongues means language okay it's not a made-up language secondly no more than three can speak in a church at a time that means in the whole church service no more than three can speak in a tongue if you're in a church that has more than three people speaking in a tongue during that service it is not of the holy spirit and finally it must be interpreted interpreted If it is not interpreted for the people's edification, it is not of the Holy Spirit. Leave that church, okay? There is no such thing as the Holy Spirit inspiring somebody to do something contrary to what he has already given us. And that's just one example of thousands of theological errors that go on in churches all the time. Know your Bible, know scripture, and don't be led down false paths, okay? On to Christian Post. One in five evangelicals reject the Bible's teaching on gender. A study has revealed that 22% of evangelicals appear to reject the Bible's teaching that the gender of a person as male or female is given by God. Listen, that's 
page two of the Bible, chapter two, if you go one page at a time, okay? So that is chapter, actually it's chapter one. God made them male and female, male and female. And made Okay, so it's chapter one, and then it's defined again in chapter two. So excuse me on that, but that's right on the first page of the Bible, okay? Uh, female is given by God, the creator, and instead believe in gender fluidity. Once again, God is not fickle. He did something, he did it properly, and there are two genders, and that is it. While 73% of American evangelicals disagree that gender identity is a matter of choice, 22% say they believe in that statement. The survey found that Americans in the Northeast, not surprising, are the most likely to agree with gender fluidity, and so are those in the age group of 18 to 31, okay? However, Americans age 50 to 64 are the most likely to disagree. Good job, people my age, our age. Further, the poll reveals that Americans in rural area are more likely to disagree with gender fluidity than those in a large city. Attending religious services also matters, as a study found that Americans who attend a service at least once or twice a month are more likely to disagree that gender identity is a choice than those who do not. These are important issues, okay? Gender is not fluid. I don't care if they take this video down. It is not fluid. You are either a male or a female, and anything else is crazy, okay? From ONN, large assemblies of mainline churches on their way out. Yes, good news. Hastened by preventative measures to contain the coronavirus pandemic, large biannual assemblies held by the PCUSA, which doesn't qualify as church except by name only, and perhaps by other mainline denominations that have leaned leftward over the years, may quickly become a thing of the past as their church membership continues to decline, good, 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 sharply. I predict that it will only be the first of the old line gatherings to be curtailed. The Episcopal Church and the United Methodist Church, which hold triennial and quadrilateral gatherings respectively, will likely see significant reductions and limitations in their own big tent convocations as well as the ELCA. Good news for the Christian church. From Islam today, from the Washington Examiner, USI's Greek island. This is important. As alternative to Turkish base due to disturbing Erdogan actions, senior senator claims. Does anybody know the major base in Turkey? It's called... He's, I got a retired army guy here. It's Inserlik. You always think of the lick, okay, and then you got Inserlik. Okay, Turkish President Erdogan's disturbing foreign policy has spurred U.S. officials to intensify preparations to withdraw from Inserlik Air Base. We don't know what's... Does anybody know the difference between an Air Force base and an Air Base? Air Force bases in America, Air Bases are overseas. So if you see Air Force Base Inserlik... It's not right. Okay, there you go. Um, we don't know what's... That's because I was in the Air Force for nine years, four months, and 15 days, and I'm not in it anymore. Yes! Uh, it was 72 minutes longer than I wanted to be in it. Yes. Um, actually, I'll tell you that story. We got a minute. I went in the U.S. Air Force because I wanted to do one thing. I wanted to go to the Orient, specifically Japan, because I knew they had bases there. But that's all I ever wanted to do. When I was a kid, my grandmother was born and raised in China. She was the daughter of a medical missionary to China. And uh, so I, I used to look at maps all my life of Asia. I knew every river. I knew every mountain range, everything. That's what I wanted to do. And I thought, how does a guy that doesn't have anything in life to do 
get over to Asia. You know, I'm not going to put out my thumb and, you know, thumb my way over there, which I used to do down to the beach, but I'm not going to do that to Asia. So I said, I'm going to join the Air Force, which I did. And my wife is from Japan, but I met her here when I was 11. And when I told her I was going to Japan, she said, I don't want to go to Japan. Well, it's too late. I'm going. But I, when I went into the Air Force, I put one thing on my dream sheet. You get eight U.S. choices and eight overseas choices. I wrote J.A. I figure if they don't send me there, they can send me wherever they want. I'm going to Japan. And I got it. I went to Japan. And so uh, I was there and I was going to go just four years, travel around Asia. And then from there, I would come home. And unfortunately, or I should say fortunately, but not unfortunately, I had to re-enlist for it. That's the unfortunate part. But the good part is that while I was there, I had family members join me. Two beautiful children. One of them is here right now. And because they joined me, I needed to extend my service. It was required. I had to stay in Japan. The second child came along and I had to re-enlist. It wasn't my choice. I had no choice. I re-enlisted, but it was good because then I got to go down and work at the embassy in Malaysia for three years. But that's the story of how I got nine years, four months, and 15 days out of the U.S. Air Force and 72 minutes more than I wanted to be in it. But Okay, here we go. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen to Inserlik. We hope for the best, but we have to plan for the worst. Erdogan has threatened American access to the base. It's our base, and he's saying, we're going to take it away from you, and we got nuclear weapons there, which reportedly houses dozens of U.S. nuclear weapons. They've never confirmed that. Everybody knows it's true. It may be that they've been taken out by now. They may be up in Poland. We don't know that for certain because they will never tell. That falls under... Um, any of you, I know you know some top secret stuff. Maybe you do. What is the program for uh, nuclear weapons? It's called PRP, Personal Reliability Program. If you're on PRP, you know that person is dealing with nukes, okay? And they'll have PRP people even at non-nuke bases just to confuse the enemy. We had, I, I better not, well, it doesn't matter, but I, I didn't have, I didn't know anything classified, so whatever I say, I flew a desk in the Air Force. I just sat at a desk and did paperwork, so, but I, I didn't say, have anything classified, but I'll stop with that anyway, because I don't want to give anything away. But um, anyway, uh, uh, a withdrawal would signal a major shift in the balance of trust between the U.S. and the country that boasts the second largest military in NATO. But Erdogan's increasing affinity for Russian President Putin and translucence with the other NATO allies has angered American officials and raised the specter of other crises in the transatlantic alliance. We want to maintain our full presence and our cooperation in Turkey, Johnson said. I don't think we want to make that strategic shift, but I think from a defensive posture, I think we have to look at the reality of the situation that the path that Erdogan is on is not good. Recently, Erdogan has gotten embroiled in a maritime boundary dispute with Greece, a controversy grave enough to prompt NATO officials, because they're both NATO members, to intervene to try to ensure that the two alliance members avoid a military clash. Even a short-lived military conflict could be extremely detrimental to NATO. Because when you think about it, you know, from the Russian perspective, nothing could be better than two key members of NATO's southeastern flank fighting with one another. And we know this is coming because Turkey is going to align with Russia. So things are, things are happening in the world, and that's a real important article there. From Fox, Mike Pompeo, Mideast peace agreements show Obama admin was wrong. No. no. Yes, was wrong about the Iran nuke deal. I remember Secretary Kerry saying that if the nuclear deal was abandoned, that Israel would become more isolated when in fact just the opposite has now occurred. 
They've joined hands, and now they have many more partners across the region. Each of those countries, those Gulf states, recognize that the shared threat from the Islamic Republic of Iran is very, very real, and now they are working together, building out security and economic relationships and real ties between these countries. You can see how what Obama did brought about what has now occurred because he was such an incompetent person and such a bad human being that he he purposely tried to get this because oh those arab states will never make peace with israel and israel's going to be wiped out and we'll have happy land forever that was his attitude well he was wrong yes the hand of god was behind this Kerry said i fear that what could happen is if congress were to overturn it our friends in israel they couldn't care about that but this is what he said i fear uh that our friends in israel could actually wind up being more isolated and more blamed that's exactly what they wanted the secretary of state also derided comments from the house speaker pelosi who attempted to downplay the importance of the peace deals president trump's admin helped negotiate between israel and the other mideast nations trump has done all good in his administration and he's got no credit for it none but we can pray that he will be vindicated through a victory in in November. We don't know what that's going to mean for the nation. It may mean something terrible is going to happen with the left going absolutely ballistic, but so be it. From the Times of Israel, uh, one thing, you know, we were having lunch after mission work yesterday at IHOP, and it, the general consensus, I think, was at that uh, uh, lunch table, buy more bullets. Okay, that's my recommendation is just buy more bullets, because I don't care how many you have, it may not be enough. The interior minister, uh, let me read that again, Times of Israel, Bahrain minister says Israel deal strengthens kingdom in face of Iran threat. The interior minister of Bahrain said that the normalization deal with Israel was not a disavowal of the Palestinians, but a move to fortify the kingdom in light of the security threat from Iran. It is not an abandonment of the Palestinian cause. It is to strengthen Bahraini's security and their economic stability. This is what I talked about several months ago. The Palestinians have done nothing. All they've ever done is whine. And the Arab states finally realized we've got real threats and we can't keep supporting this cause. We're not going to abandon it, but we're going to let them figure out that we have more important issues to worry about. So there you go. Iran has chosen to behave in a dominating way in several forms and has become a constant danger that harms our internal security. The regional situation makes us deal with ongoing threats for the past years in which most of them were deterred. It isn't wise to see that threat and wait for it to reach us if we can avoid it in any way. There you go. Good job. Mongolia. India Times. I reported on this little guy. Uh, he's a little bit cuckoo, but I reported on him this time last year. Cuckoo from Mongolia which set a migration record, returns to Rajasthan. He's gone down to India. Battling high winds, a record-setting common cuckoo, fitted with transmitters by scientists in Kurk, bird-ringing station in northern Mongolia in June 2019, reached close to Jaipur City a second time. Called Onon, that's the bird's name after a Mongolian river, this pigeon-sized adult common cuckoo has come to Rajasthan a second time, covering a distance of 5,426 kilometers after crossing the borders of three countries, namely Mongolia, China, and Myanmar. The bird is expected to stay in India till the end of September, just a few more weeks, before it embarks on the final lap of its migration to anywhere, know, anyone know where they go? They go from Mongolia all the way down to India, stay there for a couple weeks, and then Africa, all the way to Africa, yes, all the way over to Africa, and where it will spend the winter. 
Last year, one Oriental cuckoo and four common cuckoos fitted with transmitters from Mongolian Center were spotted here. Experts claim that the cuckoos, which went to Gujarat and flew over Arabian Sea to Africa, did not return this year, so a couple of them probably became lunch. However, Onon crossed Rajasthan to Pakistan and then flew to Ethiopia. Imagine that. God is so wise, and he's so wonderful, and he's so good to us to let us see these things in countries all over the world, and he shows us his wisdom by these birds able to do these things, or butterflies that can leave Canada, fly south to one valley in all of the world. In Mexico, there's a valley where all of these go down, but on the way, they die, and the next generation picks up, and so it's two or three generations before they go back to where they came from, and yet they know to do these things because, and they got brains, you know, smaller than this. And yet they can do these things because the wisdom is instilled by God. And we think he's out of control with our lives. We send emails to each other and say, I don't know. I think God isn't taking care of me. Man, he takes care of these animals and he takes care of us with every beautiful sunrise and every cloud in the sky. And we worry if he cares about us. He does. Be assured. Daniel 12 technology. Great stuff. DARPA. U.S. Air Force hypersonic air-breathing weapon is ready for free flight. Two variants of the hypersonic air-breathing weapon concept, which is HAWC, being developed for DARPA and the U.S. Air Force have completed their final captive carry flight tests and are now cleared for their first free flight tests within the next year. Hypersonic weapons. I'm going to finish this in a second, but something just came to my mind. I saw an article a day ago. I was traveling back from, being soaking wet from um, Spanish Point with our two friends. And on the way back, he said when he was in the Army, he was started out in artillery. artillery. And I said, do you know what just happened this week with artillery? And he said, no, I do not. And I said, well, then I will tell you. <laughs> this past week, the U.S. Army with artillery, just shooting things up, hypersonic artillery shot a cruise missile out of the sky. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? They, with artillery out of the sky. And he was, wow. And now you're all, wow. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Wow. Okay, here we go. We're going to go on. In a scramble not seen in the military aerospace field since the sound barrier was broken in 1947. Who broke the sound barrier? Chuck Yeager. Good job. Okay, the, you're going to get a million of these today, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, in 1947, the race to develop hypersonic weapons by the major powers has the potential to revolutionize warfare in the 21st century. Being able to fly at over five times the speed of sound, hypersonic missiles and aircraft would literally be able to outrun conventional weapons. They would also allow only a very small window of time for targeting systems to lock onto them and would have so much momentum that some won't even need explosives to destroy their targets. However, to achieve this and make hypersonic weapons practical, uh, that's called kinetic energy weapons. It's just the, the force of it hitting something destroys it, kinetic energy. However, to achieve this and make hypersonic weapons practical, a number of technologies need to be brought to maturity. Specifically, such missiles need next-generation flight controls and avionics, cooling systems to battle the high temperatures that hypersonic flights generate, and propulsion systems that can operate at hypersonic speeds. The latter most is especially important because most hypersonic vehicles being tested today are boost glide weapons, which are dropped from an aircraft, boosted to hypersonic speed at a high altitude by a rocket, and then glide down to their target. 
This means that the missile has to be launched at a very long distance and requires the target to be in a more or less predictable place when the missile arrives. The HAWC project's goal is to essentially build a hypersonic cruise missile that breathes air to feed its engine. This would allow the weapon to be launched at a low altitude and closer to the target and would produce a more maneuverable missile that would be harder to detect. To achieve this, contractors Lockheed Martin and Raytheon Technologies are each working on advanced air vehicle configurations that will have a hydrocarbon scramjet powered propulsion, and thermal management system for sustained hypersonic flight during the first free flight tests. Completing the Captive Carry series of tests demonstrates both HAWC designs are ready for free flight. I'm so excited about this, says Andrew Tippy. I can't pronounce his last name, Nodler, I think, HAWC Program Manager and DARPA's Tactical Technology Office. These tests provide us some large measure of confidence, already well informed by years of simulation and wind tunnel work that give us faith the unique design path we embarked on will provide unmatched capability to the United States forces. If you don't like bombs and stuff blowing up, you wouldn't be interested with that. I find that very cool. From Mail Online. What do you want to take instead of antibiotics? What do you want to take to have a healthy system? Probiotics. What? Everybody said probiotics. What'd you say? Okay, I'm going to tell you. We had, no, they didn't have the antioxidants. You got rained out at Spanish Point, so I didn't give you the antioxidants. There's something really delicious there that uh, is in bloom right now. And my friend Mike, who was visiting, you know, Mike was down here just for, he came down all the way from South Carolina just for the Bible study. He spent two days with me and he had to leave afterward and he got back to work Friday afternoon. But you know what he did while he was here? I said, I'm going down to work at the property I take care of. And he said, I want to go with you. I said, no, you don't. This is a hard, hot, nasty, dirty job. And he came down and did it with me. What a nice guy. Wow. Um, Mail online. Honey beats antibiotics for curing coughs or colds. New research shows it is more effective than medication. Oxford University experts said patients should have honey instead of antibiotics. Nectar of the gods, they call it, is filled with antimicrobial compounds put in there by bees. The study found it reduced the frequency of coughing by 36% in patients, and those taking honey had their cough reduced by 44%. There you go, honey. Revelation Plagues. BBC says, winter without lockdowns. We'll see if they actually do it. Europe decided to follow the example of Sweden and not lock itself out of the virus. We'll see. We'll see if they actually do it. Sweden is doing great, folks. Yeah. I could have read 10 articles today on how they are doing. And guess who followed that in the United States and is having the same? South Dakota. South Dakota. They're having that. You know what? Uh, I won't get into it now, but I, I will get into it, but not now. Okay. Europe is preparing for the first full winter with the coronavirus and the second wave of the pandemic, but it is determined to avoid another lockdown, similar to the one that paralyzed life on the continent last spring. The general quarantine has cost society and the economy too much, so politicians are looking for arguments in favor of living with the virus rather than completely isolating from it. That's a smart decision if they do it. From Christian Times, North Korea is in the grip of a COVID epidemic, economic meltdown, and famine. North Korea has been pushed to the brink by COVID-19, an economic meltdown, and famine says a defector. Timothy Cho, who escaped from North Korea and now works for Open Doors, said that there were multiple causes behind the crisis, including catastrophic flooding and international sanctions. 
The North Korean government continues to claim that the country has no coronavirus cases, but experts believe the true number runs into the tens of thousands. Open Doors Ministry Coordinator for North Korea said coronavirus was known in the country as the ghost disease. Now, why would they have it worse than other countries? They're already starving. These people cannot cope because your immune systems are already broken down. Oh, I'll read that as well later. Okay, um, we'll go on. People can be sick without knowing it. They are usually malnourished already. Then suddenly they die quickly. Some even just fall dead on the ground. In a bid to stop the spread of the virus, the government closed the border, but this has led to a collapse in the black market economy, causing chronic food and medical shortages. We are hearing that many marketplaces are closed down. Even if they are open, there's little food you can buy. It will cost you two months' salary to buy a kilo of rice. That's 2.2 pounds of rice. To make the situation worse, serious flooding has triggered mudslides that have wiped out rice fields and farmland. Cho estimates at least 10 million North Koreans are in urgent need of humanitarian aid. While the UN has said it is prepared to help, North Korea is not willing to let UN representatives have free access to the country in exchange for aid. There are too many human rights abuses that would be exposed, Cho said. Sad, very sad for those people. Mail online could face masks. Here's the new one. They're always trying to get you, you know, to want to go. Yeah, they want to control you. Listen to this. Could face masks be a crude vaccine against COVID-19? Yeah. Scientists claim infections caused by small viral loads passing through a covering could build up immunity. So now you want a covering to let it come in so you build up immunity. They're just reaching at straws to get people into this sheep herd mentality. Masks, especially surgical and cloth ones worn by most, are not perfect. They allow small viral particles to slip through filters into people's airways. This may help train people's bodies to be able to fight COVID invention. Yeah, you're training your body. Breathe it anyway. Morality. Medical Daily. Researchers say marijuana is extremely harmful. Tess conducted a study on the example of about 1,200 brothers and sisters to understand how marijuana affects mental abilities. Moderate but regular use of this drug has been shown to impair the mental capacity of young people. In particular, the negative effect was manifested in relation to verbal memory. Similarly, changes were recorded in general IQ, thinking, flexibility, and working memory. In addition, the herbal drug previous studies have shown alters the brain over time, dulling the severity of pleasure. This increases the risk of developing addiction, changes a person's behavior, pushing him to use other drugs. Plus, it has been previously found that using marijuana during pregnancy increases the risk of having a baby with autism and a number of mental disorders. The latest findings look alarming because scientists say it's given the trend towards legalizing marijuana. They're doing it everywhere and we're ruining ourselves and our children and everybody else by this. Medical Daily, it's not just marijuana. Doctors have established how harmful electronic cigarettes are to the body. Duke and Yale University investigated electronic cigarettes. It turned out that the chemicals produced by electronic cigarettes are mixed in the lungs of people or in the vape itself, forming completely new combinations, which they've never studied. Scientists have found that mixing inside the vape itself, these substances form unstable compounds that are dangerous for healthy cells. These compounds irritate the receptors of nerve endings associated with heart and blood vessels, increasing the risk of arrhythmias and hypertension, and can also kill cells in the lungs. 
In this case, there is a possibility of increased secretion in the nose, lungs, and airways and provokes cough and shortness of breath. The negative effect is manifested even when inhaling vapors in small quantities. It has been calculated that more than 40% of flavorings are converted to new chemicals of previously unknown toxicity. That means they have no idea what it's going to do to you. Our other category. Uh, two weeks ago, I was sent an email by my friend Sam Lesho. Sam Lesho said, please blow the shofar for my son, Sam Jr. And I did. And I'm sure they had a good time with that. He actually asked me to do it again because he said they can't find it on the uh, live stream. I sent him the link to the edited version. I said, go to here at this time and you'll watch it. But guess what happened? Yesterday, somebody emailed me and he had some questions. And he said, and it's funny, I was reading the story of David uh, just yesterday morning. And David's wife that he got from Nepal, the Carmelite, remember, uh, he was a bad guy and eventually he kicked off and he got his wife as his own wife for David. What was her name? That's right. Who said, oh, very good, Abigail. Okay, so this guy emailed me about some things and he said, my daughter Abigail, two years old, saw you blowing that shofar and I had to play it for her 20 times. And I thought, I'm going to let her watch it 21 times. So we're going to do this again for Abigail, okay? All right, that's for Abigail. Now watch me pass out. Okay, here we go. It was so cute. He sent me a video of Abigail, and she turned around and was flat two years old. Praise the Lord. All right, from CBS, this is our other category, if I didn't say that, from CBS Local. South Dakota, remember I said I was going to say something about South Dakota? Here it is. Now, remember, Erin was here a week ago, and she was visiting because she's moving from Pensacola to South Dakota. Okay, now... I understand Pensacola just got hit by a hurricane and she's okay. Everything's okay there, but she's going to South Dakota. I'm not sure if I'd want to go there. South Dakota weather station breaks U.S. record for shortest gap from 100 degrees to measurable snow. In the span of two days, the Rapid City station achieved the feat. There was 102 degrees on September 5th, and then on September 7th, the station marked just over a half an inch of snow recorded. The old record was 1929. So that's what she's got to look forward to. She said it's okay because she was born, I think she said Minnesota. Um, uh, I, I'm sure it was Minnesota. But anyway, I, I would not want that. I love the warm weather. I love it. Okay. It's great. And the palm trees and the coconuts and the mangoes and the papayas and oh, yes. Okay. From the Guardian, Chinese investment in Australia plummets 47% in a year as diplomatic tensions rise. Australia. They're no longer lining up with China too well. From Mail Online, interesting news. Australia could join forces with the United States, Japan, and India to create an alliance known as the Quad to reduce reliance on trade with China. So a worldwide consortium of nations coming together to whoop up on China. U.S. state officials said the four-way country grouping could fill Indo-Pacific region, added South Korea, Vietnam, and New Zealand could eventually join the alliance. The U.S. said the Quad could protect against a potential challenge from China. Zero Hedge, New York Stock Exchange signals plan. I talked about this three weeks ago, and I said it'll probably happen if they raise that tax. Remember the HFT tax? Every trade, they want to tax in New Jersey because they're financially out of their minds. Here we go. 
New York Stock Exchange signals plan to move trading out of New Jersey after governor's HFT tax threat. A week after New Jersey, Governor Phil Murphy signaled his virtue to the social justice agenda watchers by proposing a tax on high frequency trading, no lesser establishment organization than the New York Stock Exchange has passively aggressively signaled its displeasure by saying in a statement that it will test its ability to operate outside of New Jersey. To help test and prepare our members for any such action, New York Stock Exchange will implement two immediate measures. One, relocation of production training for New York Stock Exchange Chicago the week of September 28th. The New York Stock Exchange will operate one of its equity exchanges, New York Stock Exchange Chicago, from its secondary data center from September 28th to October 2nd. This will confirm the industry's ability to seamlessly move live trading out of New Jersey. Two, weekend tests of all markets. The New York Stock Exchange, in coordination with NASDAQ, uh, CBOE, and SIFMA, and other industry participants, will conduct a test of all its exchanges operating from their secondary locations on September 26th. This controlled test will exercise the industry's preparedness for a potential wholesale transition out of New Jersey from Zero Hedge. UK strikes historic free trade deal with Japan as Brussels threatens to abandon talks. A trade deal with Japan had been agreed to in principle, which would, if finally ratified by both countries, allow 99% of the United Kingdom's exports to Japan to cross the border tariff-free. What's more, the deal even gave Johnson the opportunity to gloat as the digital and data provisions in the agreement went far beyond those in the EU's trade deal with Japan. The deal also allowed Bojo to show voters that Brexit is already giving them new options to strike favorable free trade deals. They don't care about the EU. The EU wants to penalize them and all that's been happening all week. Japan just gave them an out. Yeah. Mail online, yeah. yeah. Russia's new Skyfall missile. That sounds like a James Bond movie. Russia's new Skyfall missile will be able to fly around the Earth for years and ready to launch nuclear strike at any moment. They've got a missile now that can just keep going. Britain's defense intelligence chief warns. Britain's chief of defense intelligence, Lieutenant General Jim Hockenhull, told a media briefing, Moscow is testing a subsonic nuclear-powered cruise missile, which has global reach and would allow attack from unexpected directions. It's understood the missile will be able to fly around the Earth for years, ready to launch a nuclear strike at any moment. That's kind of scary there. Epic Times. California governor signs law that expunges records of former inmates who fight fires. Okay, so they let out all of these people that were there in prison because they said they didn't want them to get COVID-19. And so they let them out and then they found out that they don't have enough people to take care of the fires anymore because they were all firemen. And so they don't have anybody to help take care of their problems. And they're the ones that are out there setting all these fires. So now they need to put them out and say it's global warming. But what have they done now? They've got the people that are still in jail and they'll said, we'll let you out if you fight these fires. So now they're just trying to empty the prisons. They're just yeah. trying to save money on the prisons and they're trying to ruin their society like lefts always do. They always do this type of stuff. Zero Hedge. Pennsylvania governor's COVID-19 restrictions ruled unconstitutional by a federal judge. He said, you just can't shut down American society. 
Zero Hedge, Sunday night football ratings post steep decline compared to last year. Zero Hedge, hiring a happy stylist. Ladies? No, I'm just saying, if you want a happy stylist to do your hair, don't go to the UK, okay? Here you go. Hiring a happy stylist discriminates against unhappy people. Yeah. A salon owner in England put out a job description to a local government-run job center. The ad for a hairstylist said, this is a busy, friendly, small salon, so only happy, friendly stylists need apply. But the job center called just an hour later saying that they could not run the ad. The job description was discriminatory, they said, because it asked for only happy stylists to apply for the job. And that might make miserable pessimists think that they cannot apply for the job. So you, you can have a miserable pessimist cutting your hair over in the UK. Mail online. Princeton University. Princeton is where? New Jersey. New Jersey. Princeton University may be forced. Anybody see this? This, is, this is, should be irony of the century. May be forced to pay back $75 million in federal funding after its president admitted racism was embedded in the school. He's a typical lefty saying, oh, I want to do away with all the racism at Princeton University. And the DOE said, we're going to investigate you. The U.S. DOE has opened an investigation into Princeton University this week. The DOE found concern over President Eisgruber's acknowledgement that racism remained embedded at the school. He's trying to be a lefty and show how caring he is, and he's got them in trouble. And the thing is, he will not be able to win either way with this one. He will not. The DOE will investigate if Princeton's claims that it adhered to Title VI mandates were false and any discriminatory practices as a result. Princeton could lose millions in federal funding if found responsible. Ice Gruber penned the letter this month that brought attention to initiatives implemented by Princeton to combat systematic racism. Racist assumptions from the past also remain embedded in structures of the university itself, wrote Eisgruber. School officials said that it was unfortunate that the DOE believed grapplingly honest with the nation's history indicated wrongdoing. And then from the, yeah, I know, it just, but from the Washington Examiner on the same article, what the department seeks to obtain from its investigation is what evidence Princeton used in its determination that the university is racist, including all records regarding Ice Gruber's letter and a spreadsheet identifying each person who has, on the ground of race, color, or national origin, been excluded from participation in, been denied the benefits of, or been subjected to discrimination under any program or activity receiving federal financial assistance as a result of the Princeton racism or damage referenced in the president's letter. Ice Gruber and a designated corporate representative must sit for interviews under oath and Princeton must also respond to written questions regarding the matter. No matter what this guy does now, he is in bad shape because he either comes out and says there's no racism at all in Princeton and thus they can never use that charge again or either way, this guy is in big trouble. I love what our president is doing. You want to play ball with us? Here you go. Independent. Shrunken heads, anybody? Shrunken heads to be removed from Oxford Museum over racism concerns. Yes, a University of Oxford Museum has removed its famous collection of shrunken heads and other human remains because they reinforced racist and stereotypical thinking.
The Pitt Rivers Museum said 120 human remains had been removed as a part of decolonization process. Over lockdown to address the museum's problematic past. Research on the artifacts at the time of their collection were underpinned by now discredited theories that upheld racist and sexist beliefs in the entitlement of white people. Our audience research has shown that the visitors often saw the museum's display of human remains as a testament to other cultures being savage, primitive, or gruesome. Rather than enabling our visitors to reach a deeper understanding of each other's way of being, the displays reinforced racist and stereotypical thinking that goes against the museum's values today. This is like a Warren Zevon song. That's what that is. This is crazy. From the Wall Street Journal. Do you know the song I'm referring to? Excitable Boy. Go listen to it. It's probably got some bad words in it. I haven't heard it in years, but it came to mind. Excitable Boy by Warren Zevon. Uh, Wall Street Journal. Barr tells prosecutors to consider charging violent protesters with sedition. Good job. Rasmussen. Three quarters of people who have experienced BLM rioting or protests choose Trump as their president. It's a lot of people in the Rust Belt. Mail on and elsewhere. Mail Online, United States international image falls to record lows in new poll of 13 countries with vast majority having no confidence in Donald Trump. Good. We don't want their confidence. We want the confidence of the American people. And the chart, just so you know, that I'm going to put on the video goes just like this. Barack Obama. Barack Obama out. It's it's just they're trying to use these charts to get us disaffected. That's all they're doing. As soon as Barack was inaugurated without having done anything, he was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize and the approval of America went way up like this. It went over all the time he was president and the day he left office, it went down. It's just a ploy by the left. Don't If you read these kind of things, don't believe them. Mail online. Residents shun Chinese vertical forest housing project because trees meant to revolutionize urban living just attracted plagues of mosquitoes. They built these wacky green places where all these plants are out there. And yeah, they got too many mosquitoes and only a few people moved in. And I'm talking about thousands and thousands of rooms. The experimental project had manicured gardens on every balcony. Only a handful of families have moved in because of an infestation of mosquitoes. And all the other ones are being left unattended to. And they're growing all over these buildings. There's no building left except China. From the Daily Wire. Los Angeles County Health Director says she expects schools to reopen after the election. For November, she said. It's like, it's just obvious. It's obvious. And I understood. I, I was watching something last night. I think it was Trump's, uh, uh, where you guys live, his uh, rally. I think he's the one that said it. Somebody said that they believe that lady's gone because she went over party lines and said the obvious. Okay, um, Les, who does the Les Ricks, has a first of three volume set coming out called Coping Midst Unrest, Hope from the Psalms. So if you want to order that, you can get it on the Kindle version. You can order I don't know what it costs to or download something on the Psalms. But if you want that information, email me and I will send you the link to it. And he also sent me a link to, uh, he's a commentator in a newspaper up there now. And he's putting up you know commentaries once a week and I can send you that link as well. So there you go with Les. And speaking of Les, we have a, uh, what do you call it, a Lesric for you. And let's see if you can figure out what they are writing about. Onon, a well-traveled bird, has flown o'er a good chunk of the world. 
Cuckoos have no lack, flying forward and back, from Mongolian scientists' word. There you go. And then from uh, irony today, I got a couple of ironies for you. These are called shocked. The second one you've probably heard, but I had to include it because it's shocking. From Zero Hedge, J.P. Morgan shocked young people who work from home are less productive. (laughs) (laughs) And then from Zero Hedge, shocking. Where are the police? After voting to defund the cops, Minneapolis City Council is baffled over a recent crime wave. They're demanding answers. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.